but can you can you actually hold it and just bring yeah. it over here so they can hear? So we're going to get started. I was telling um, Fiona had asked what the blessing was uh, for tonight, and one of the blessings is um, it's Gemar Hatima Tova, which literally means a good final sealing, but. Um, because we talked at Rosh Hashanah about the books being opened and they're being closed at the close of Yom Kippur, uh, it's a phrase that is used to mean, may you be sealed for good in the book of life. So, Gemar Hatima Tova. And we're going to go ahead, I went ahead and lit the candles because, especially on Yom Kippur, I wanted them lit before sundown, even though we were going to start a little bit late, and thank you, especially those of us joining us. Okay, you can take it off speaker if they're talking and then put it back on. Okay, so, but I am going to do the blessings. I didn't bless the candles, so if you want to go ahead and get started, Liam. Ready? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has made us holy with his Torah, and commanded us to light the Yom Kippur candle. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, for keeping us alive, taking care of us, and bringing us to this time. And, no, just hold on a second. Um, I wanted to let those of you joining us over the phone know that the service is up on the PowerPoint on the hearunderstandobey.com website under sermons. Um, but the music, I think, is removed when it's converted and put up there. Uh, so you can join us in the singing, but you won't have that slide. You should have the rest, though. Okay, go ahead.
the name of his glorious kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So let's go ahead and take a moment to bless the children. Thank you. 
<sighs> Technology is fun. Um, so we're going to call up to Shamashin. Yeah, she decides she's not happy without that Shamashin. <laughs> He says, he says, love me. Go ahead and face the ark. If everyone could rise, please. We're going to take the ark from, or the scroll from the ark. And there you go. That way it's not in your way. Um, it sticks a little bit. We need to oil it. So just kind of lift it and shimmy. Um, uh, after this page, you can go ahead and open it. And you'll be able to, it'll tell you everything after that. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad, Echad Eloheinu, Gadol Adonenu, Gadol Shemo. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. One is our God, great is our Lord. Holy is his name. Go ahead and open it. Sometimes it gets stuck. Can you help him, honey, on that side? It gets, it gets stuck. It's like off the, I think it's off the track a little bit. Yeah. An artist I am, an engineer I am not. So <laughs> it can come out. It's, it, you can still get to it. Don't worry about it. We'll have to oil it. Phil, we need to oil it. Probably should bring oil on Shabbat. Okay, and Jarrett's going to hold it. Okay. Extol the Lord with me, and together let us exalt his holy name. And as the scroll goes through the congregation, if you'd like to reach out and touch it with your hand or a prayer shawl or a Bible, um, some people kiss their hand after. It's not worshiping of the scroll. As I always say, it's just being grateful and expressing our love for God's word, the written and the living Torah. So, as we go into our prayers and our service for Yom Kippur, um, just a little preparation for, for what we're doing. When I had posted about it on Facebook, um, because people often ask, what kind of celebration is it? What, what is the service like? Well, a lot of Messianic congregations will have a party tonight, and they'll say, you know, because we have salvation, we don't have to worry about judgment. And, you know, Jewish people have been forced to, to mourn and, and be, you know, been oppressed and told how horrible and what sinners they were for so long. Let them, let them rejoice. And I, I, I don't have a problem with that. 
And yet those not raised with traditional Yom Kippur services who are wanting to understand and to learn um, don't have that background and that experience. And, and I think that that approach alone kind of takes away from, from some of the things that, you know, because Yeshua fulfilled the spring festivals and, and we believe that he's coming again to fulfill the fall festivals, I want to learn everything I can from them. And I want to know what they are about. So I tried to put together our service tonight as more of a dialogue, if you will, between a traditional Yom Kippur service and the response that the New Testament gives us of how Yeshua has changed things for those who believe in him. Um, on Rosh Hashanah, we talked about the, the books being open, the, the book of life for the righteous, the book of, uh, of the wicked, and the book of uh, the undecided, and how the book of the righteous and the book of the wicked were closed that night, and their fates were sealed, and the undecided was left open for 10 days, um, which is until tomorrow night, so that they have the opportunity to get into the book of life before it's closed. And a lot of traditional rabbis teach that that at this time, there's even 12 extra days for those who, who want to, and for some reason miss it by Yom Kippur. And we know that you can come to Yeshua, you can come to Messiah, you can receive salvation, you can have your personal Passover at any time. And we have assurance of atonement, and we have assurance of salvation when we are believers. And so what we're praying tonight is not at all intended to be uh, a woe is me, I need to flagellate myself and beat myself and, and do penance. But it is an acknowledgement that this side of eternity, we do live in jars of clay. We do live in flesh. And our flesh fails us at times. And our understanding that is hindered by the flesh doesn't get all the spiritual things. And so this is an acknowledgement of that. Also, as Passover is a personal salvation there's a picture with Yom Kippur of a corporate confession. So some of the things we talk about tonight may not be sins you've committed. And you may say, why am I saying this? I haven't committed this sin. And yet we are all one body. So if anyone within our body has committed that sin, our body has that guilt. Corporate guilt isn't something we really understand in our modern Western minds. But everything we do affects everyone. And the things, the choices that we make affect those around us. Um, you know, words have the power of life and death, and we speak them to each other, and we speak them in secret. And there is an element of, of holiness that is accomplished by not wanting others to see us sin. And yet tonight, we will also acknowledge those things that are done when no one's looking except the Lord. And, and we will confess some of those things as well. So, um, again, I, there has been nothing included thinking of any particular person, and there is nothing that I hope anybody is going, oh, yeah, that's me. It is simply all of us coming humbly together. There are portions of traditional prayers, and I've tried to take portions that are more universal as well as portions that speak specifically to our need for Messiah and Savior. So the first prayer is Kol Nidre, 
And um, you can pray, say this together with me. And some of the things will be repetitive and are repeating after me, or some of them will be um, if you've done liturgical services before where there's a reading and a response, um, others will be all of us together. Um, this, uh, you can join with me if you'd like. Light is planted for the righteous people and for the people who are pure in their hearts, happiness. With Adonai's approval and with the congregation's approval, in the court in heaven and in the court on earth, we are given permission to recite these prayers with sinners, which is a good thing, or we couldn't recite it with each other. So I, I also want to point out, and I, and I hope that you will see this as we go through the service tonight, but this really is a very elaborate, intimate, and detailed sinner's prayer. And for those who say this, prayer on Yom Kippur, even in a traditional synagogue setting. This is a confession of our sins and our need for salvation. And I just think it's beautiful that every year these prayers are done in traditional synagogues all around the world. So this next prayer is spoken three times, and if you would all join me. All the different types of vows or restrictions that we took upon ourselves from the Yom Kippur of last year until this Yom Kippur, and from this Yom Kippur until next Yom Kippur, are hereby canceled and have no power. Our vows shall not be considered vows, our restrictions shall not be considered restrictions, and our oaths shall not be considered oaths. Second time. All the different types of vows or restrictions that we took upon ourselves from the Yom Kippur of last year until this Yom Kippur, and from this Yom Kippur until next Yom Kippur, are hereby canceled and have no power. Our vows shall not be considered vows, our restrictions shall not be considered restrictions, and our oaths shall not be considered oaths. And a third time, all the different types of vows or restrictions that we took upon ourselves from the Yom Kippur of last year until this Yom Kippur, and from this Yom Kippur until next Yom Kippur, are hereby canceled and have no power. Our vows shall not be considered vows, our restrictions shall not be considered restrictions, and our oaths shall not be considered oaths. So just a little bit about, about this, this request of God. This does not apply to vows or oaths that you have taken with one another. If you have vowed to do something, you are obligated to fulfill that vow. If you cannot, you can always seek mercy, and the person is able to grant that. But... God has said in his Torah that when we vow to do something for God or because of God, that for us it becomes equal with Torah. And to not do it becomes a sin. And this prayer is a confession. And I always think when something is done three times, it's because it needs to get through to all of our layers to get to our heart. Because Yeshua said, stop taking oaths. He said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. You don't need to swear to God for people to believe it. 
Just be a person of character that if you say you're going to do it, you do it. And that is because when we obligate ourselves beyond what we can control and what we're able to do, then we, we are left having to do something we can't. And, and this is just a beautiful mercy request for God who, who knows that we can't do those things. And along with it, the confession, we know we're going to do this again. So please know even before we say those things that we really shouldn't be saying them. And maybe please have mercy on us when we do. May the entire nation of Israel and also those who have joined the Jewish people be forgiven for their sins, for it is as if they have been committed unintentionally. Which is important because there are sacrifices that can be made for unintentional sins, but not for intentional ones. The only thing that can be done for intentional sins is repentance. And the attempt to make amends. Please forgive the sins of the Jewish people because you are filled with kindness and you have forgiven your people from the time they were taken out of Egypt until today. And there, after they left Egypt and sinned, it says, And Adonai said, I have forgiven just as you said. So the next prayer is Vidui. It said, standing without leaning, but with head slightly bent. So it's standing before the Lord without making a scene of falling prostrate, but with the humility of knowing that we shouldn't look God in the eye when we're confessing our humanity. Our God and the God of our fathers, let our prayers come directly to you. Do not ignore our respects. We are not so disrespectful and stubborn as to say to you, O Lord, we are disciples, righteous, and we have not sinned. We admit that we and our fathers have sinned. We are guilty and have sinned against you, O Lord. We have betrayed the Lord by not following his commands. We have robbed from other people. We have told lies and said things to harm others. We have made other people sin by getting them not to follow the Lord's way. We have made other people do wicked things and caused them to sin. We have sinned on purpose, and then we tried to show that it wasn't really a sin. We have taken from other people, and we have taken advantage of the poor and the weak. We have accused other people wrongly by saying bad things about others. We have given bad advice by advising others to make the wrong choice. We have misled other people by not keeping our word. We have made fun of other people and things and made jokes about serious matters. We have rebelled against the Lord and showed that we don't listen to what he says. We angered the Lord by being disrespectful to him. We have turned away from the Lord and not done the commands we should have. We have not been honest and convinced ourselves that we were doing the right thing. We have sinned by refusing to do certain commands 
and showing that we do not fully believe in your holy Torah. We have caused other people to suffer and not thought about their feelings and how we hurt them. We have been stubborn and did not change our bad ways even when we suffered for them. We have been evil and not followed your Torah. We have ruined ourselves and acted badly in ways that changed our nature. We have been disgusting to you because of our sin. We have gone away from your path instead of coming close to you. You have let us go away from your path. You gave us the freedom to choose between right and wrong. Sometimes we chose to do what is wrong. We have turned away from you and your commands and from your beautiful laws, but it was all for nothing and no good came of it. You are fair in everything that happens to us because you have acted with truth and we have done evil. What can we say to you, you who are in heaven? What can we tell you, you who are up high? Everything that is hidden and not hidden, you know. This is al Height. You know the secrets of the universe, all the hidden mysteries of all living things. You search in all the hidden places, studying our thoughts and feelings. Nothing is hidden from you. Nothing is unseen from your eyes. And so may you choose... Are we moving? Okay. And so it's okay. May you choose to forgive us for all our mistakes. Excuse us for all our sins that we did on purpose. Atone for us for all our sins that we did rebelliously against you. For the sin we have committed in front of you, even if we were forced to do it. We said we were forced, but we really should not have done it. For the sin we have committed in front of you, because our heart was hardened, we were stubborn and would not admit we were wrong. For the sin we have committed in front of you, because our heart was hardened, we were stubborn and not admit we were wrong. For the sin we have committed in front of you, because we did not know better, we should have studied and known better. Apparently we're really stubborn and we needed that twice. <laughs> For the sin we have committed in front of you in speaking, we should be more careful with what comes out of our mouth. For the sin we have committed in front of you, both in front of people and not in front of people, you, O oh Lord, see all our sins and everything we do. For the sin we have committed in front of you by doing immoral things, watching or doing the wrong things, for the sin we have committed in front of you through speech, by saying the wrong things and not thinking before we speak. For the sin we have committed in front of you, knowing and tricking, we used our knowledge to trick or mislead others. For the sin we have committed in front of you, by thinking the wrong thing, we thought about sins we wanted to commit. For the sin we have committed in front of you by doing wrong to our friend. Our friends trusted us, but we fooled them and did wrong to them. For the sin we have committed in front of you by admitting our sin 
without really being sincere. We weren't really serious about doing repentance or teshuva. For the sin we have committed in front of you by acting wrongly, by being with people and going to places where people act improperly. For the sin we have committed in front of you on purpose and carelessly, we must repent for not being careful. For the sin we have committed in front of you by not showing respect to parents and teachers, parents bring us into this world and our Torah teachers bring us into the world to come. For the sin we have committed in front of you by the wrong use of power, we took advantage of weak people. For the sin we have committed in front of you by desecrating your name, people judge believers by the way believers act. If we do wrong, people will think that faith in Messiah is bad. For the sin we have committed in front of you by saying silly things, our teeth are there to guard our tongue from saying something bad, and our lips guard our mouth. We have to make sure we don't say the wrong and foolish things. For the sin we have committed in front of you by saying disgusting things, we must always be pure, say pure things, and keep our self-respect. For the sin we have committed in front of you by listening to the evil inclination. Instead of fighting the evil inclination, we sometimes encouraged him to lead us to do bad. For the sin we have committed in front of you by doing wrong to those who know and to those who don't know. Sometimes people know we did wrong to them, Sometimes they do not, but either way, it is very bad. For all these sins, God of forgiveness, please forgive us, excuse us, and atone for us. For the sin we have committed in front of you through bribery, we have paid someone to do wrong, or we have done wrong for payment. For the sin we have committed in front of you by denying things and making false promises, we lied about things that happened and made false promises about what we would do. For the sin we have committed in front of you by speaking with an evil tongue, we may not say bad things about others. For the sin we have committed in front of you from making fun, when someone tried to give us good advice, we mocked them. For the sin we have committed in front of you in business dealings, by not dealing honestly with others. For the sin we have committed in front of you with food and drink, the Lord blesses us by giving us food. When we do not treat food with respect, or when we eat foods we may not eat, or eat without making a blessing, we are showing the Lord that we are not grateful for his gift. For the sin we have committed in front of you by charging interest, when we lend someone money, we are not allowed to take back more than we gave them. For the sin we have committed in front of you by acting arrogantly, we act as if we are better than others. For the sin we have committed in front of you by looking at the wrong things, we shouldn't look at bad things. For the sin we have committed in front of you by foolish improper talk, we sometimes say foolish things. Sometimes we talked without thinking. No good comes from this. For the sin we have committed in front of you by looking down on others. 
The Lord created us all in his image, and it is not for us to decide who is better and who is worse. For the sin we have committed in front of you for not being ashamed. If we would be embarrassed by others looking down at us for sinning, we wouldn't sin. For all these sins, God of forgiveness, please forgive us, excuse us, and atone for us. For the sin we have committed in front of you by not accepting our responsibility. At Mount Sinai, the Hebrew people agreed to follow Adonai's commandments. For the sin we have committed in front of you in matters of judgment, we have judged people wrongly and even judged the Lord and found him wrong for not doing everything we want. For the sin we have committed in front of you by taking advantage of a neighbor, sometimes we take advantage of our friends, sometimes we hurt the ones who trust us. For the sin we have committed in front of you by being jealous, Everything we have is a gift from the Lord. Nothing is really ours, and nothing really belongs to our friends, so there is never a reason to be jealous or not to share. For the sin we have committed in front of you by acting improperly, every person has responsibilities that must be taken seriously. For the sin we have committed in front of you by being stubborn, we suffer to prompt us to improvement, we are sometimes stubborn and refuse to get the message. For the sin we have committed in front of you by running to do evil, we make our sinning even worse when we love the sin so much that we run to do it. For the sin we have committed in front of you by gossiping, telling someone about what others did to him is a sin. It is a sin to say it and a sin to listen. For the sin we have committed in front of you by swearing falsely or for no reason. When we swear, we use the Lord's name. It is a big sin to take an oath improperly. For the sin we have committed in front of you by hating other people. Every person is created by Adonai in his image. One can be unhappy with what another person does, but not with the other person himself. For the sin we have committed in front of you by not helping others, how can we expect the Lord to help us if we are not willing to help others? For the sin we have committed in front of you by being confused, we must remember that everything that happens to us comes from the Lord, who is kind, loving, and fair. For all these sins, God of forgiveness, please forgive us, excuse us, and atone for us. And for the sins which require us to bring a burnt offering, this is how to do repentance for not fulfilling a positive commandment or of thinking bad things. And for the sins which require us to bring a sin offering, this is a sin offering which we bring for breaking certain commandments carelessly. And for the sins which require us to bring an ascending or descending offering whose value changes based on the person's wealth. This is brought for swearing falsely in court about someone's testimony and for giving others specific sins mentioned in the Torah. And for the sins which require us to bring a guilt sacrifice for a sin we definitely did or for a sin we might have done, certain sins require a guilt offering. There is also a special guilt offering which is brought if we are not sure if we did certain sins. 
Since the destruction of the second temple, a Jewish court cannot order the death penalty. The Lord himself finds the proper way to punish the person. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Messiah died for us. Romans 5.8 Those sins that we know about and those sins that we do not know about, those sins that we know about we have already admitted to you, and those sins that we do not know about, you still know about them, as it says in the Torah. May it be your will, O Lord our God, and the God of our fathers, that I will not sin any more. And all that I have sinned, will you please wash me clean with your great mercy, but not by punishing me or making me suffer by being sick. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. Isaiah 53, 5. Yud Gimel Midos says, And the Lord passed before him, Moses, and said, Adonai, Adonai, God, compassionate and graceful, slow to anger and full of kindness and truth, who holds on to kindness for thousands of generations, who forgives sins, sins that we did on purpose and by mistake, and who cleanses us. May you forgive our sins and mistakes and make us your people. Forgive us, our Father, for we have made mistakes. Pardon us, our King, for we have even sinned on purpose. You, Adonai, are good and forgive. You are very kind to everyone who calls out to you. For the Shema Koleinu, if you could repeat each of these after me. Listen to us, O Lord our God. Have pity on us and accept our prayer with mercy. Bring us back to you, Adonai, and we shall return to you. Let us be as we used to be. Please say these quietly in your heart. Listen to what we say and understand what we are thinking. May what we say and what we think find favor with you, Adonai, our rock and redeemer. And now please repeat these out loud. Do not throw us away from you. And don't take your holiness away from us. Do not send us away when we are old. Do not abandon us when we have no strength. Do not leave us, O Lord, our God. Do not be far away from us. And then all together, show us a good sign so that our enemies will see it and be embarrassed. You, Adonai, will help us and comfort us. We have trusted in you, O Lord, and you will answer us. So if you want to have a seat um, for the, the Torah reading is actually a more a half Torah reading. Um, we've been going through Zechariah, and we have a Zechariah here, I know. 
like your birthday and then you're the Torah portion, it's awesome. <laughs> and uh, we have chapters 13 and 14 left, and Zechariah is a very messianic uh, book and, and book of prophecy. It's, there's a lot of beauty and there's a lot that it's obvious the gospel writers were referencing um, when they recorded what Yeshua did in order to show how he fulfilled these things. Um, but we're going to read Zechariah 13 and 14, and then I'd like to read Matthew 5 to you um, because it is a, a beautiful New Testament, New Testament summary of a Yom Kippur service. So Zechariah 13, In that day there will be a spring open to David's house and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Do we need to move the ark for you to see with that? Is anybody able to? Yeah, on this side. Um, so in that day, there will be a spring open to David's house and to the, am I in your way? And to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. It will come to pass in that day, says the Lord of hosts, that I will cut off the names of the idols out of the land, and they will be remembered no more. I will also cause the prophets and the spirit of impurity to pass out of the land. It will happen that when anyone still prophesies, then his father and his mother who bore him will tell him, you must die because you speak lies in the Lord's name. And his father and his mother who bore him will stab him when he prophesies. It will happen in that day that the prophets will each be ashamed of his vision. When he prophesies, neither will they wear a hairy mantle to deceive. But he will say, I am no prophet, I am a tiller of the ground, for I have been made a bondservant from my youth. One will say to him, What are these wounds between your arms? Then he will answer, Those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. Awake, sword, against my shepherd, and against the man who is close to me, says the Lord of hosts. Strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered, and I will turn my hand against the little ones. It shall happen that in all the land, says the Lord, two parts in it will be cut off and die, but the third will be left in it. I will bring the third part into the fire, and will refine them as silver is refined, and will test them like gold is tested. They will call on my name, and I will hear them. I will say, it is my people, and they will say, the Lord is my God. So I want to comment on this real quick, because the fire isn't something that God's people are supposed to fear. The refiner's fire is what removes everything that's impure from us. I was listening to a beautiful teaching recently that was talking about when we sin, the feeling that we get of guilt could also be described as a burning. And, and what, when we sin, when we, when we, especially when we sin against someone else and specifically against the Lord, but even against ourselves, we feel that fire rise up because that fire is attempting to burn out that sin from us. And we're not supposed to resist it. And we're not supposed to think that it is intended to shame us or, or, or to say something about our character unless we ignore it and keep doing that and become a person who is just used to that feeling and ignores it. Because God's fire is always intended to refine us and to remove the sin from us. So the third part that goes into the fire is not being punished. 
they are being brought in and refined, and, and they are going to be God's people, and they will say, the Lord is my God. Zechariah 14. Behold, a day of the Lord comes when your plunder will be divided within you. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city will be taken, the houses rifled, and the women ravished. Half of the city will go out into captivity, and the rest of the people will not be cut off from the city. Then the Lord will go out and fight against those nations, as when he fought in the day of battle. Uh, His feet will stand in that day on the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives will be split in two from east to west, making a very great valley. Half of the mountain will move toward the north, and half of it toward the south. You shall flee by the valley of my mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach to Azel. Yes, you shall flee, just like you fled from before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. The Lord my God will come, and all the holy ones with you. It will happen in that day that there will not be light, cold, or frost. It will be a unique day which is known to the Lord, not day and not night, but it will come to pass that at evening time there will be light. It will happen in that day that living waters will go out from Jerusalem, half of them toward the eastern sea and half of them toward the western sea. It will be so in summer and in winter. The Lord will be king over all the earth. In that day the Lord will be one and his name one. All the land will be made like the Arabah from Geba to Ramon, south of Jerusalem, and she will be lifted up and will dwell in her place. From Benjamin's gate to the place of the first gate, to the corner gate, and from the tower of Hananel to the king's wine presses, men will dwell therein, and there will be no more curse, but Jerusalem will dwell safely. This will be the plague with which the Lord will strike all the peoples who have fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh will consume away while they stand on their feet, and their eyes will consume away in their sockets, and their tongue will consume away in their mouth. It will happen in that day that a great panic from the Lord will be among them, and they will each hold on to the hand of his neighbor, and his hand will rise up against the hand of his neighbor. Judah will also fight at Jerusalem, and the wealth of all the surrounding nations will be gathered together, gold and silver and clothing in great abundance. And I want to, I do want to comment on the, the idea of the plague, or the, the plague that they will be stricken with. Whether physical or spiritual, we're dealing with the feet on which they stand firm in what they believe, their eyes that are supposed to be able to see, and their tongue that should be speaking truth will all be destroyed, because they're not. A plague like this will fall on the horse on the mule, on the camel, on the donkey, and on all the animals that will be in those camps. It will happen that everyone who is left of all the nations that came against Jerusalem will go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Booths. And this is Sukkot, which we will be celebrating um, starting this coming weekend. And... It's so amazing to me that the people who are left are the one are going to be the ones who are celebrating the festivals. They are the ones who understand. 
It will be that whoever of all the families of the earth doesn't go up to Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, on them there will be no rain. If the family of Egypt doesn't go up and doesn't come, neither will it rain on them. This will be the plague with which the Lord will strike the nations that don't go up to keep the Feast of Booths. This will be the punishment of Egypt and the punishment of all the nations that don't go up to keep the Feast of Booths. In that day there will be on the bells of the horses, holy to the Lord, and the pots in the Lord's house will be like the bowls before the altar. Yes, every pot in Jerusalem and in Judah will be holy to the Lord of hosts, and all those who sacrifice will come and take of them and cook in them. In that day there will no longer be a Canaanite in the house of the Lord of hosts. So we have a picture of the coming and of the second coming in those two chapters. As we go into Matthew 5, um, this is positioned by Matthew very beautifully because um, he goes and uh, Yeshua goes to John the baptizer who's crying out for people to be immersed and, and to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, which was the cry that went out before Rosh Hashanah for the, the time of Elul for people to repent and get right with God and with their fellow man. And they would be ritually immersed as Yeshua went and did. And then he was taken um, into the wilderness uh, by Hasetan, and he was tempted. And if he was baptized on the first day of, um, of the, the month of Elul and was returned 40 days later having been tested, then through the days of awe, he would have been tested and he would now be returning on Yom Kippur. And at this time, he goes out, and seeing the multitudes, he went up onto the mountain. When he had sat down, his disciples came to him. He opened his mouth and taught them, saying. And, and as, we, as I read through this, please think about the prayers that we've been saying tonight and the confessions that we've been confessing to the Lord. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. On a day of fasting, it's a good encouragement, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people reproach you, persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its flavor, with what will it be salted? It is then good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under the feet of men. You are the light of the world. A city located on a hill can't be hidden. Neither do you light a lamp and put it under a measuring basket, but on a stand, and it shines to all who are in the house. Even so, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Don't think that I came to destroy the Torah or the prophets. 
I didn't come to destroy, but to fulfill. For most certainly, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not even one smallest letter or one tiny pinstroke shall in any way pass away from the Torah until all things are accomplished. Whoever, therefore, shall break one of these least commandments and teach others to do so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever shall do and teach them shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, there is no way you will enter into the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to the ancient ones, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I tell you that everyone who is angry with his brother without a cause will be in danger of the judgment. Whoever says to his brother, you good for nothing, will be in danger of the council. Whoever says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of Gehinnom. And Gehinnom was the place where if you were found guilty of a crime that uh, required the death penalty, that was where your body was cast. You were not allowed to be buried um, and we've, we've read this as we go through the, gone through the prophets about the different kings who were allowed to sleep with their fathers, meaning, you know, in the graves next to their fathers versus those who were buried outside the city or cast outside the city. Um, if, therefore, you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has anything against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Agree with your adversary quickly while you are with him on the way, lest perhaps the prosecutor deliver you to the judge, and the judge deliver you to the officer, and you be cast into prison. Most certainly, I tell you, you shall by no means get out of there until you have paid the last penny. And this is important because if, as I believe he's speaking about the Yom Kippur service and sacrifice, if you're not there for it, if you're not with your community laying your hands on the scapegoat that's sent out with all of the sins of the community because you're trapped in prison because of your sins, then, as the saying goes, as your, Yom Kippur, well, as your Rosh Hashanah goes, and your Yom Kippur, so shall your year. So you probably don't want to be in prison for your sins on that day. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that everyone who gazes at a woman to lust after her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out and throw it away from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members should perish than for your whole body to be cast into Gehenna. If your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members should perish than for your whole body to be cast into Gehenna. It was also said, whoever shall put away his wife let him give her a writing of divorce. But I tell you that whoever puts away his wife, except for the cause of sexual immorality, makes her an adulteress, and whoever marries her when she is put away commits adultery. And what he is saying there is by him making her an adulteress, it means his, her sins are counted against him because he has put her in that position. Again, you have heard that it was said to the ancient ones, you shall not make false vows, but shall perform to the Lord your vows. But I tell you, don't swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is the throne of God, nor by the earth, for it is the footstool of his feet, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. 
Neither shall you swear by your head, for you can't make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes and your no be no. Whatever is more than these is of the evil one. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, don't resist him who, him who is evil. But whoever strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. If anyone sues you to take away your coat, let him have your cloak also. Whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks you, and don't turn away him who desires to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who mistreat you and persecute you, that you may be children of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Don't even the tax collectors do the same? If you only greet your friends, what more do you do than others? Don't even the tax collectors do the same? Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. If you would join me in continued prayers. Remember us for life, O Lord, who wants life, and seal us in the book of life for your sake. And seal all believers, the children of your covenant, for a good life. In the book of life, blessings, peace, and livelihood, may you remember us and seal us and your whole nation for a good and peaceful life. If you'd like to come back up and dress the Torah. You'd like to come back up and dress the Torah. If you want to hold it up real quick. Um, actually, no, it's not going to be. No, it's not lifted up on this one. It's just, it's just going to be dressed. So go ahead and dress it, and then we will. Yeah, just going to lay that under. Perfect. It's Velcro and springy. <laughs> there we go. And then if you want to, there you go. And then the shield, there you go. Over both, yeah. Awesome, thank you. Ashivenu Adonai Elekha Venashuva Cause us to return to you, O Lord, and we shall return. Renew our hearts as in days of old.
at this point, we could all join together. Yes. Okay. So. Rebecca, are you still there? Uh, I am. Well, I just wanted to thank you for bringing everyone.